You're listening to Mental Work. I'm your host, Bronwyn, an early career psychologist based in Australia. And this is the podcast taking a closer look at the challenges faced by early career mental health professionals so they don't have to go it alone. Hey, mental workers, welcome back to another episode. Today, I am wanting to talk to you about being an ADHD psychologist. I have ADHD and I have for a long time. It's kind of a lifelong thing. I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was about 14 and that was after recognizing that I could not get assignments in on time no matter how long I worked on them. I was missing classes by accident because I was so engaged in other tasks and there was a whole bunch of other things that made my mum think, hmm, maybe it's time to speak to a psychologist. Since then, I've carried ADHD with me and it follows me to my work currently in my private practice as a psychologist. I think a lot of other psychologists also have ADHD. I hear neurodiversity is a thing amongst us. So I thought it would be helpful to go through what it's like in a day in the life of an ADHD psychologist how I've managed my own challenges, but also my strengths that I see that I really attribute to my ADHD. First, with ADHD, just how I see it. I see it as a bunch of difficulties with executive functions and a bunch of strengths with executive functions. Everybody has their own unique profile. And for some people, they might struggle with organization. I don't really. So When I'm talking about this stuff, it's really applicable to me and how I manage this landscape. Being a private practice psychologist might not be applicable to you, but I'm hoping if you have ADHD or even if you think you might have some executive function difficulties, that it'll be really interesting insight into how your colleagues even cope or how you can cope too. In the end, we all just want to stay in this line of work, or even if we don't, we still want to manage our day-to-day lives the best we can. Things I've noticed in my day-to-day life. Firstly, sustained attention is a weakness for me. I really enjoy therapy because it's a focused task. However, I get drained by the amount of sustained attention that I have to have throughout the day. When you think about other folk who might work in office jobs and they're doing eight hours a day, maybe they'd be sustaining the amount of attention that we do as psychologists for roughly two or three hours a day. We do it for about four or five hours a day at least. And you cannot skimp on this because clients pick up on it. You cannot half ass paying attention and listening to someone and responding to their emotional needs moment by moment. So it is very draining. For this reason, I only see four clients a day. And I say only because generally the expectation is to see five or more clients a day. I only decided to start seeing four clients a day this year. And that was after much debate with myself. And I guess releasing those neurotypical standards that I have to see five or more clients, I really just decided that this is what I can handle and that's okay. It doesn't reflect poorly on me as a practitioner. It actually reflects better on me and that I'm catering to my own needs and also being the best practitioner I can be for my clients. Next thing, I'm sure this is a sad experience amongst ADHD psychologists. Time management is hard. Whoa, what? So I struggle with keeping sessions to time. This has been an enduring struggle. I've taken it to supervision many, many times. 
I've gotten really good lately, actually, and that is by having a timer that counts down. I bought it from a therapy store online and it's called Time Timer. It has a red part of it that slowly ticks down over the 50 minutes and I've got it displaying to myself and my client. I'm not expecting the client to keep time, but it's mostly for me that when I see that, I'm like, time is up. You got to stop. And previously I did not do that and I went over time. I noticed it actually made my clients uncomfortable. So having that external pressure actually helped me to rein it in a bit better. Next thing, shifting attention is also a weakness. So not only sustaining attention, but getting it to the next task. I need to deliberately prioritize tasks of the day. Otherwise I'll get stuck forever on one task. I try to do this by saying, okay, I'll work on this for half an hour and then I'll work on that for half an hour. It's really hard for me to stop and then get started on another task. What I do is I have it in my to-do list program and I have it right in front of me. I find with ADHD, I need things in my line of vision, otherwise they are completely forgotten. I found this works well for me. Although you can't really get everything perfect, but that's okay. Sometimes it doesn't, but most of the time it's a good strategy. Next thing is my working memory is not fantastic. That means that it's hard for me to hold multiple pieces of information in my mind and manipulate them into something that comes out as a coherent whole. In sessions, the way that I help myself with this is that I am constantly writing. I really like constantly writing as well because it's kind of like a fidgety thing for me. And I also draw a lot in session. So it serves two purposes. It's enjoyable, pleasurable, but it also helps me maintain my good working memory. Next thing is metacognition is a weakness. So what's metacognition? This is the ability to step back and kind of see your thoughts. I'm really, really good at connecting the small dots. Clients compliment me a lot on my ability to do this, that I can see apparently non-connected things and I can put them into a relationship with each other. It's really helpful for helping clients understand themselves. But I struggle in seeing the big picture. Whenever I sit down to review clients' notes from start to finish, I always have a big realization about my formulation and how to work with them, which on the one hand is fantastic, but at the same time, I feel really annoyed that I just can't get this big picture so easily like others seem to do. Next thing, I care very deeply. It is a big strength, but it is also a big challenge. I'm particularly sensitive to hearing about things that are bad that are happening to animals. I love animals very much. And I also struggle with hearing things that relate to social injustice. I feel very frustrated. And because I enjoy anger as an emotion, I believe it serves a very important function. I can express this more readily with clients and I forget to check myself and really check my emotions. I can get over-invested or under-invested in certain clients and another way that I deal with this is by really being aware and analyzing my personal biases. There are some client populations that I do not work with because my biases are too strong and I'm not willing to adjust them. And there are some client populations that I love working in because of the bias. But again, I actually have to keep that in check because I might be placing my own positive expectations on the client when they wouldn't actually benefit from that. The next thing I've noticed as an ADHD psychologist in my day-to-day -day work is that I'm pretty rejection sensitive. Yep, I think this is a common thing for all of us ADHDers. And I'll give you this one example. Over 12 months ago, a client didn't want to work with me because I was too young. That's fine, but it still feels a bit ouchy. 
I think that's enough said on the rejection sensitivity. Finally, and I feel like I should insert a drum roll in here, but I struggle with notes and reports. Work can pile up because if I don't do it in the moment, it will never get done. This is a huge one. And I'm not sure it's specific to ADHD. I I feel like this is a, a widespread thing amongst us early career psychologists in that it's really hard to stay on top of our notes and reports. Here's the solution that I've come up with for myself, which I think is working quite peachily. It's to trap myself. Yes, that's, that's the best way I can describe it. I've discovered that I cannot leave an hour at the end of the day to do my notes and reports. I will just go home early. I cannot say to myself, I'll do my notes after I see two or three clients and then do them all together. No, no, no. They will not get done. What I do then is I schedule 25 minutes between clients to complete the progress note and send them anything I need to send them. And I know that I have to do that note, otherwise that it will not get done. And I hate doing notes at home, so I'm very motivated to do it then. And the other way I trap myself is that I have an hour after lunch, which I set aside for no clients and it's just my report writing and any other work I need to get done. And I then schedule a client after that kind of admin hour. And that is what I mean by trapping myself. If you need to trap yourself, I highly recommend it. Another thing I do with, I guess, struggling with the overload of keeping on top of treatment planning notes and reports is that I really do rely on past Bronwyn a lot when it comes to these things and make sure I help future Bronwyn as much as possible. For example, in my progress notes, I always write a plan for the next session. And I've improved on this over the years Previously, it used to be very vague and it wasn't helpful to future Bronwyn. So I always make sure that I have a good plan at the end of the session for what we're going to cover next session. And it's much easier to do that if I do it immediately after the session, because then I know where we're up to and where we need to go next. These are the things I really struggle with and they're all my weaknesses. It's a bit of a downer. So I'm going to end this episode with a bit of an upper. And we're going to talk about the strengths that ADHD psychologists have. One strength that I think is really pertinent to having ADHD is that we, as a group, I believe, are very sensitive and hypervigilant to corporate greed and injustice done to our clients. If we are in an organization that is not giving our clients the best possible outcomes, so they are not client-centered, and we see them as caring more about profits at the expense of clients, we will feel super angry. I believe this is a strength because we can often feel motivated to do something. We're the ones who are putting in the complaints and making sure that things progress. On the downside, this can also make work really draining and upsetting. So we need to make sure we take care of ourselves. Another strength of ADHD psychologists is that they're real big therapy nerds. We always love to learn and are always sharing books, resources, and ideas. See me doing this podcast. We just love Doing therapy, we love talking about therapy. Even if it drains us heaps, we are so interested in the human mind and how people connect to each other and understanding people. Now, this is one of my unique ADHD strengths. I am super organized. Ask me how to manage your own small business and do a podcast and do all the billion other things I'm interested in. And I will tell you, I am literally so efficient that I hired a personal assistant and discovered that I did not have enough hours for them because all my administrative processes were so damn efficient. I actually feel a bit guilty when I see other people saying how much they struggle with admin, like I should be saying, oh yeah, me too. But organization has really assisted me and I do put that down to the strength in being detailed oriented as well. Another strength. 
that could be framed as a weakness, but I'm going to frame it as a strength, is that I'm very impulsive, but on the other hand, I'm very creative, spontaneous. I can think well on my toes and handle crises well. In being creative and spontaneous, I can tune into what clients need in the moment fairly easily and cobble together a fairly decent intervention with what I have. I'm often complimented by supervisors for having this ability where I can know the basics of something and then creatively turn it into something that is tailored and works well for a client. And I know my clients appreciate it as well. So I have been told in the past that my impulsivity is something I guess to be ashamed of and to stamped down as much as I can. But in leaning into it as a strength, I feel like it's really become part of my professional identity. Another strength is that I'm very goal-directed. If I have a goal, you can bet I'm going to get it. Very creative with ideas as well. Never have a shortage, just very limited by the time and energy factor. And so with an ADHD, a psychologist, if they want to do anything in their career, they're going to go and get it. Other strengths, just for the sake of it. And I don't actually enjoy talking about my strengths. I'm not trying to put myself over or anything. I just want to make sure that people understand that ADHD psychologists, we're not a liability. We are an asset to their profession. So some of my other strengths are that I'm really passionate, fun, caring, smart, thoughtful, energetic. These are the things my clients comment on and I'm really proud of them. So I wouldn't give up being an ADHD a practitioner. In fact, it's more about just being aware of my strengths, being aware of my weaknesses and making sure as much as I can that I make the environment work for me. If you are an ADHD, a psychologist, or you have another form of neurodivergence, you can feel really judged by other practitioners. And I guess not only feel judged, but be actually judged. I have had negative feedback for using initial session templates. Remember, I've got that whole poor working memory thing. I really do need them. <laughs> I've been judged for having a reduced number of clients a day and being criticized for my business practices of that, I guess, from a financial aspect. But what I've realized is that we don't have to abide by how neurotypicals work. I kind of just don't care anymore because I know that I'm doing it for myself, for my clients, and that I care very deeply, as I said before. So I've got integrity. I will listen to valid feedback, but warmly ignore the rest. My recommendation for you is to discover your own unique profile of executive strengths and weaknesses and do an audit of how these strengths and weaknesses show up in your professional life. And if you want to, your other parts of your life as well. Find an environment where you are accepted and work on accepting yourself. That is kind of unmasking what you perceive as your liabilities or your weaknesses. I find that this has really helped me. I've been working hard on it over the past six months with this self-acceptance and it's been really beneficial to just actually be myself and know that that is okay. I feel like in our profession with increased awareness of neurodivergence that it is getting better and we are more accepted amongst our colleagues. Most of all, if you feel like you're alone, know that you're not. I hope this episode was helpful and if you have any feedback, as always, you can send me an email at mentalworkpodcast.gmail.com. Have a good one and catch you later. Thanks for listening to Mental Work, the podcast for early career mental health professionals. If you're loving the show and don't want to miss an episode, press subscribe on your podcast listening app. And if you enjoyed this episode or any of our previous ones, leave us a rating and review on iTunes and Spotify. What topics would you enjoy hearing us talk about on the show? We'd love to hear from you. Email us your suggestions at mentalworkpodcast at gmail.com. Have a good one and see you next time.